Austin's coup, and landing a second major computer research consortium, Semitech, brightened the bleak economic outlook by the late 1980s, as did entrepreneurial wizard Michael Dell's phenomenal Dell computer. By the mid-1990s, Austin's economy was sizzling again, and once again, high technology fueled the boom. When South Korea's gigantic Samsung Electronics decided to build a plant at Austin in 1996, Austin hailed its new stature in the global marketplace. Meanwhile, the capital city's population roared past half a million, and together with its suburbs, the five-county central Texas region topped the million mark. The question never has been whether Austin will continue to grow, wrote American statesman reporter Bill Collier in 1979, but whether it will continue to be a desirable place to live. Despite explosive growth, that rendered its small-town charm largely a thing of the past and diluted its identity as a university and political community, Austin, in the 1980s and 1990s, retained a special appeal as a place to live. People still found it an open-minded, accepting, humane town with an unusually well-educated and well-read populace and a spirited sense of community. Writers still gravitated to Austin, and the life of the mind flourished in events like the annual Austin International Poetry Festival. It was still a town, many felt, where you didn't need to be rich to live well. A profusion of parks, pools, lakes, hills, hike and bike trails, and nature preserves still nourished an active outdoor life. There were still Barton Springs, and Schultz Garden, and UT Football, and Hippie Hollow. And there was music. Austin had blossomed into a nationally recognized music center in the 1970s when it became known as the home of progressive country music and the likes of Willie Nelson and Jerry Jeff Walker entertained at the Armadillo World Headquarters and Austin's many clubs. By the 1990s, rock, blues, country, and jazz groups played nightly at dozens of venues, and the town hosted the annual South by Southwest Festival, a music and multimedia conference showcasing some 500 bands. Without blushing, Austin billed itself as the live music capital of the world. But for most Texans, Austin was still best known as a political capital, just as its founders had anticipated. In 1839, they envisioned a capital city of which all Texans could be proud, a capital whose beauty of scenery and prominence as a commercial crossroads would stir imaginations and the fire of patriotism. From the outset, Austinites relished the sublime setting that captivated the town's founders, but its emergence as a dynamic economic hub was long coming. And when it came in the 1970s, it divided the community, some cheering Austin's newfound prosperity, others protesting that its price was the very qualities that had made Austin distinctive and appealing. Former Texas Governor Oren Roberts had foreseen the problem in the 1890s, while a law professor at UT, speaking out against A.P. Woldrich's plan to attract manufacturers with cheap water power, Roberts pointed out that the people of Texas had deliberately chosen Austin as a beautiful and healthful site for its capital, university, and other public business. Had Austinites considered how much a city dedicated to such public purposes would be affected by the push and rush of money-making, 
crowded population? Roberts asked. Since the 1970s, Austin has faced, and faced up to, that issue, working hard to reconcile its recent economic leap forward with a quality of life it has long treasured.